This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Welcome back to Political Theater. The last debate for the Democratic presidential candidates before the Iowa caucuses is in the books. Impeachment and all of its drama and ceremony is about to start here in Washington with the House voting on its resolution to send the articles of impeachment to the Senate and name House managers as prosecutors. Before all that starts, though, we want to just take a brief moment to pause and look at what happened in this debate. This will be the last chance for three of these candidates, three of the six candidates on the debate stage uh, in, in Iowa the previous evening to make some sort of impression before they are sequestered as jurors in Washington for a trial. And then another one of them might become a witness. So Herb Jackson, CQ Roll Call's politics editor, and I are going to just digest some of this. Herb, are you ready to digest? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some of the some of the things that we observed. In particular, you know, the, hanging over this debate, uh, which was the first time that there was a significant winnowing of the field. There were only six candidates as opposed to, I don't know, whether like 50 the, during the first debate, I, for, I forget. Or maybe that was just Beto like running around. It was a parade. You know, it was yeah. parade. Um, so this is the first time that there was, seemed to be a manageable number of candidates, uh, six of them. Uh, and and there's almost this like this thought that somebody had to make a good impression or somebody had to stand out before you know the Iowa caucuses in 28 days or 19 days now as is and and before impeachment just sort of takes over. Did any what what stands out to you? Did anybody have a breakout moment or there or is this sort of a series of missed opportunities? Well, it was almost like we interrupt your impeachment program to bring you the presidential election. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, first of all, you've got the generational differences between most of the candidates and Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, the former mayor of South Bend. The you know you had uh, Senator Biden, uh, uh, Senator. Sanders and Vice President Biden both talking about Vietnam as though everybody in the room lived through it and not that a lot of people were born after it, whereas Buttigieg points out that, you know, there are people who are signing up to serve in Afghanistan right now who weren't born when they passed the authorization to go to war there. So you had a and, gen- and also he can speak to that being a veteran himself <laughs> yes. from that conflict. I'm ready to take on Donald Trump was because when he gets to the tough talk, and the chest thumping, he'll have to stand next to an American war veteran and explain how he pretended bone spurs made him ineligible to serve. You, you had that you know, contrast coming there. We've seen it in multiple debates before. I'm not sure how many people you know, tuned into this, but the significance obviously is that they are in Iowa. This mm-hmm. was the first one in Iowa, and that election is in you know, under three weeks now. Right. Um, and after that, there aren't going to be as many people still running for president. Right. And so the six people on the stage, uh, Tom Steyer, the you know billionaire hedge fund founder who's now dedicated his life to fighting climate change and trying to get rid of Donald Trump. 
We had Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. We had former Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Bernie Sanders, the independent from Vermont, who is running for the Democratic nomination. Uh, And then we had Pete Buttigieg, as you mentioned, and also Senator Amy Klobuchar. Of those six, one of the things that stands out to me, besides the fact that Warren, Sanders, and Klobuchar are about to be whisked away (laughs) into the Senate to preside over a trial over the man that they're trying to beat in November, is that... Klobuchar is this person who has just sort of stuck around. You know, I mean, like she has always polled fairly low, uh, you know, in the in the low single digits. Um, she is known as sort of a feisty presence on Capitol Hill, and and people, particularly people in Minnesota, seem to like her because they keep returning her to the Senate. Um, but she has never um, sort of broken through, it seems, in, in a significant way. Like, everybody has these little boomlets, right? Uh, she hasn't had one. She's primed. She's primed. And w- let's talk about why she's still there. I mean, we've had a number of people drop out for either citing fundraising or polling or so forth. She has never hit those, you know, like, huge strides, like some of those people who have already dropped out, like Kamala Harris, say, or Cory Booker. So why is Klobuchar still there? How is she still there? Well, I think part of it is that she's from the Midwest. And, you know, you're an Easterner or, or a Western, a West Coast person coming into Iowa. You've got a whole lot of, uh, a, lot, a higher hill to climb. She can talk about winning in Republican areas. She can talk about her, her uncle who, who likes to go hunting right. and things like that. She's very good at spinning out family members. In the debate last night, she talked about the problems with her father's uh you know, long-term care. Uh, my own dad, I know when his long-term care insurance ends. And then we have some savings for him. He's in assisted living. Uh, he got married three times, whole nother story, so there isn't much there. But then we go to Medicaid. And I've already Thank talked you. to Catholic Elder Care. They're willing to take him in. Our story is better than so many other families. And anybody who's dealt with an, a parent on that kind of thing can relate in a way that it's not just a presidential candidate, it's a daughter talking about it. Right. That resonates. But you're right. She's still in low single digits. And, you know, the other, the four, Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg, are the four who are really competing in the teens, 20s, in several of the early state polls and the national polls. And, you know, Steyer and, and, and Klobuchar was sort of hanging off the edges there. We talked a little bit about this as we, as we, were, as we were gaming out, you know, getting ready to watch this uh, debate. And the thing that we were waiting for was who's, gonna, who's practicing their, their zinger line. You know, we were kind of waiting, you know, for Klobuchar, who does have a wit to her, uh, the, the zinger line. And I think maybe as close as she got was when she said, I am going to be able to stand across from him on that debate stage and say to my friends in Iowa, the Midwest is not flyover country for me. I live here. And to your point of like her being able to sort of connect to Iowans. And I felt that sometimes that she and Steyer were the only people who remembered that they were in Iowa um, because yeah, the other yeah, candidates tried to like bring right. up the name of a city. I met with this man in, in, in you know, this Waterloo, right. and, you know, um, and, and, but it seemed like in another state, they just bring up another city where right. they can bring up the same, you know, veteran who couldn't get his health care at the VA or something like that. And Klobuchar actually had this anecdote about meeting with somebody in a, in a factory that had been basically closed down and talking to this guy who was left and pointing to a coat rack and and the and the name tags on the coats. And he says, these are my friends and they're all gone. And it's just, I mean, is as... 
you know, I, I've I, there are some complaints that sometimes Klobuchar can be almost too eager to share these sort of stories. Um, and, and, and when but, she has right. her zingers, sometimes you can she can see her laughing at her right. own line before right. she delivers it. But it like also, a high school pro, uh, chemistry teacher or something like that. Like she can't wait to deliver the line, right? <laughs> but to you and me, that looks like oh my god, she flubbed it. And right. to a voter, that might be humanizing. Right. You're not like a robotic candidate who has practiced where to move their arms and when to punch the air, you know, and that kind of thing. But you know, she did have this problem where she, you know. We we're, pro- we're going to talk about like this conflict between Senator Sanders and Senator Warren. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably had pre- rehearsed a zinger where she knew you know James Madison's height and things like right. that, and then she was going to talk about the governor of Kansas and couldn't remember their name, and it right. seemed like someone in the audience yelled it out because she said "thank you," you know? <laughs> yeah. Governor Kelly, as if she said. You don't have to be the tallest person in the room. James Madison was five foot four. Uh, you don't have to be uh, the skinniest person in the room. Uh, you don't have to be the loudest person. You have to be competent. And when you look at the facts, uh, Michigan has a woman governor right now, and she beat a Republican, Gretchen Whitmer. Kansas has a woman governor right now, and she beat Chris Kobach. And her name um, is, I'm very proud to know her, and her name is um, uh, Governor Kelly. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the 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 fight that sort of led into this debate between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders over um, over whether he told her because she's a woman she couldn't get elected and that's why she should stand down and let him you know run well, off I think the glory. He, I think he said that he didn't think a woman could win right uh, and then he denied that during the debate last night he basically said you know. Obviously, Hillary Clinton got three million more votes than Donald Trump. People will vote for a woman. I would never say that. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. How could anybody in a million years not believe that a woman could become president of the United States? There's a clear disagreement over whether he did say that and whether he didn't and whether it was brought up right before this debate so that, you know, uh, it could be an issue that will rally people to Elizabeth Warren's side. I don't know that voters actually behave that way, but Mm -hmm. it does give the media something to talk about. And it does, you know, it's a test for Senator Sanders on how he reacts because he is a bit, you know, not a bit curmudgeonly. He is the definition of curmudgeonly, right? Um, and, and, And if you start pushing him on something he really doesn't want to talk about, how does he react and what's going to happen after that if people start to believe, well, when he when it's inconvenient, he just denies having said something. Right. I was surprised that it didn't, it, it wasn't as tense as it was expected to be, if that's, I mean, not, not that we should all just like ride the expectations into these things, but it seemed to fizzle a little bit. I mean, Warren kind of took the high road and said, I disagreed. This is my Bernie's my friend, um, obviously. And then she had her line, her possible singer, which is that look at this stage. There's, you know, four men and two women. Uh, the men have lost 10 elections among them, and the women have never lost an election. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy so and me. And 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 that got I mean talk about like the effect of that was seemed to be uh, Klobuchar was, was almost beside herself with like oh my god thank you you know blah 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 and 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 it it really it changed a little bit but it also just diffused the situation. Yeah, I mean I, I don't think that anybody was expecting her to go in and elbow him in the head, you know. But you know, and in fact, of them, 
Klobuchar was the one who was basically egging them, saying that they had plans that could never be delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she even used her, you know, broke off in her closing statement and looked at the them and said, you know, like some people can promise things that you know will never be delivered. The scene at the end, though, after the microphones were off, was but they didn't. In this case, looked like they were all shaking hands, and Elizabeth Warren shakes Joe Biden's hand and then heads for Bernie Sanders, and clearly. As the tape shows us here, if only we had a telestrainer. Uh, yeah. they, they they were clearly a trying bad lip to. Lip reading. <laughs> they were yeah. What we need is a lip reader because they were clearly having words. And if you know Bernie Sanders, you know that when he throws up his hands like that, he's had enough of you. He's disagreeing with you, and he wants nothing more to do with you. And she starts, you know, uh, chatting with him and pointing at him. And there's a couple photographs where Tom Steyer is just saying, trying to say goodbye between them. And he's sort of like, uh, "Excuse me, goodbye." I I am kind of fascinated with Steyer um, because the I mean he is this is a guy who has spent you know millions of dollars of his own money to to on uh, advertisements and organizing. I'm Tom Steyer, and I approve this message. I'm running for president because unlike other candidates, I can go head to head with Donald Trump on the economy and expose him for what he is, a fraud and a failure. If, if anything, you know, he had a, a, an outsized effect on the 2018 elections when he was organizing on behalf of climate change and also for Democratic candidates. Along, along uh, with Mike Bloomberg. My, along with Mike Bloomberg, which whom, whom I want to get to in a second. And yet he... You know, he he seemed to have some good lines, but nothing. I mean, he spent so much time agreeing with other people. Right. Uh, I he, think Elizabeth is right, right here. Right. I agree with Bernie there. Right. Yeah. And and it even seemed to rub off on them because at, at one point they were saying like, "I agree with Tom," and you know, it was just like everybody was agreeing. You know, it, it's uh, it it was almost. I think uh, it, it would have been easy to take it into a comedic level for a satirist. Hello, SNL. Uh, you know, there's the scenes in Jojo Rabbit where they all the people come into the you know house and they're saying Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, and it's just this ridiculous moment. And and you could see SNL saying like I agree with Tom, I agree with Pete, I agree with Amy, I agree with you know. I mean, there's so much agreeance, and yet they all want to kill each other when it comes to the polling, for sure. Well, but this is the challenge that voters have right now is you know the whole way they vote in Iowa, where you know you you go in and you caucus for somebody, and if they're not viable, then you have to go to the other side of the room and join somebody else. There are shades of differences. There's clear differences between them, but they are shades of differences. They all agree not only that they support the Affordable Care Act, but they want to make it even bigger and, and broader. And And the whole question becomes, how far off the edges do you go? And do you get rid of private insurance? Do you, you know, how hard do you hit the pharmaceutical companies? They, they No one is saying we're going to leave the pharmaceutical companies alone. So the question for the voters is really how far, where they where they feel their comfort zone. And, you know, the 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 core argument, I guess, is that would you rather have somebody who wants to get, you know, all the way into the end zone or do you just want somebody who's trying to play for a field goal? Right. I just want to mention that the person who wasn't there, and I'm not talking about Cory Booker, you or, Herb, or Herb, Michael Bennett, Herb, Herb of New Jersey, uh, <laughs> or Michael Bennett. Uh, yeah, that's right. He's still running. Or, or Andrew uh, Yang. <laughs> but before, I mean, Mike Bloomberg, who has already spent close to a quarter of a billion dollars and has a thousand uh, campaign workers, according to Reuters, uh, they, 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 he was not in the room. Uh, he has decided not to compete in the early states, including Iowa. Um, he's going to bank it all on doing well on Super Tuesday, March 3rd. And 
he was trolling. His his campaign team was trolling with these bizarre tweets that were sort of seemed to be breaking through in the internet. One of them had uh, a plate of meatballs and Bloomberg's sort of face was in it and said like, which meatball looks the most like Mike? And then there was another one uh, that that was Mike Bloomberg can telepathically communicate with dolphins. And it was just this like bizarro moment where he was just like, I don't have time for this. Then he went on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert which is arguably a little more entertaining and engaging than two hours of CNN debate. You're, you're a hot item tonight because all the other candidates are in Iowa right now, and, 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 and you decided no, not... No, one, one of the other candidates is in Wisconsin. Oh, oh, that's it, Trump, uh, Trump in Wisconsin, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, and, and Donald Trump was holding a rally in Milwaukee, uh, you know, around the corner from the hall where the Democratic nominee will be, right. you know, have be sworn in. We'll, we'll get the nomination. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You'll see that. It'll come out. We'll do it sometime during the debate or maybe before our debate, the real debate, that people are going to watch. That people are going to watch. Because nobody's watching. You know? Now, they haven't, they haven't been doing great on the debates, I have to tell you. So some trolling going on. Um, all right, impeachment. The House is voting uh, fairly soon to send the articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump to the Senate. Uh, the Speaker of the House will name House managers who will march them over in a ceremony that will have a, a total press lockdown from courtesy of the Sar- Senate Sergeant at Arms and the Capitol Police. Uh, apparently, they don't want that much coverage from the press. I'm, you know, there's a little bit of interest in this. Uh, but... You know, this is going to change some of the dynamics on the ground. We mentioned of the, of the six people in, on that stage, Klobuchar, Warren, uh, Sanders are jurors in a Senate trial. Biden may even be called as a witness. You know, this leaves a couple of people at sort of an advantage, right? I mean, for, you know, Mayor Pete may have Iowa all to himself with Tom Steyer. Um, what what do you, what's your, your impression of this? Is this... It, could this even be a moment where some of the senators who are running use it to their advantage? Elizabeth Warren last night had a line about that. Look, some things are more important than politics. I took an oath uh, to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. It says that no one is above the law. That includes the President of the United States. If we have an impeachment trial, I will be there because it is my responsibility. Well, the the interesting thing is they'll talk a lot about Biden, or at least the president's side will talk a lot about Biden. I'd be curious how his, how the Republican senators, several, many of whom are, you know, friends of his, if they behave the same as House uh, Republicans who were willing to, you know, vilify him, or if that's going to be toned down at all in the Senate. But it has the potential to, you know, Biden will be, will not be in the room, but Biden could be, you know, on the stage, so to speak, and getting vilified again. Um, he did have a line about that in the debate saying, you know, you came at me with all this stuff and I keep going up in the polls. That's not always exactly right. But he survived. It didn't knock him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the other senators, they, you know, you've told me that the, the, they have to sit in their chairs and they can't speak. Right. Um, Under threat of imprisonment. It's yeah. kind of dramatic. And, and you know, 
I can't believe the Senate agreed to these rules ever, you know? <laughs> I mean, if, if anything, it's not like the House where they get, you know, 30 seconds and they have to ask for another 30 seconds. The senators, you, once you get the floor, you get to speak whenever you want, right. you know, as long as you want, right? Except in this case. I right. mean, it is, it, is a, it is every senator's nightmare. They can't talk. And, and they, they have can't to leave. sit in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't go down to the Senate carryout for coffee and cake, you know? It's yeah. just, they, they have, or soup. Yeah, they just, they just have to listen. But yeah, it's it's a kind of a freeze during the three weeks right before the primary, uh, the caucus that that is going to be, and how many weeks after we don't know. Right, right. There's you know maybe there were original estimates the trial will take two weeks and then it would be over before Iowa and it would be over before the State of the Union the next day. Right. But now it may be six weeks, especially if there are going to be witnesses, which would take them through all of the early states, uh, Nevada, South Carolina. New Hampshire, Iowa, and all, you know, right at the brink of Super Tuesday when all these huge states like Texas and California vote. So it's a wild card. I mean, you could just put, you know, put bets on all of them. Right. And I, I'm, I think that this is the thing that just for, for a political junkie, I mean, like this is really where you're going to see people get creative and, and where things could change like very quickly because Iowans like to talk to people. We know this from having been there. Um, they, they, they may be understanding of what's happening, but like, you know, they, if, if they change their mind at the last moment, you know, in, in a caucus, you know, like that, that could have ramifications like far reaching that nobody anticipated. Yeah. I don't know how they feel about Skyping with the candidates. (laughs) Well, uh, this will all probably play out uh, quite a bit before we wrap this up. My, uh, my New Jersey softball to my, to my colleague, Herb Jackson, uh, Herb, you had an interesting, um, observation of course, about the timing of the naming of house managers, uh, this week that, uh, the way that it came down actually might have enabled this this event on CNN last night. Right, because you know we spent the whole week, you know, Christmas, New Year's holiday with the networks constantly saying, "When will Pelosi send the impeachment articles over?" If she had done it, uh, you know, the night they voted to impeach in December or any time before today, these senators may not have been able to be in that debate because right. they may be, may have been sitting in those chairs now. So the impact of her waiting until the end of last week to say we're going to vote on Tuesday uh, and then do it, you know, uh, meet on Tuesday, vote on Wednesday, uh, was that they could be in Iowa for Tuesday night's debate. I don't know whether that was part of her strategy. You know, I'm sure someone will write a book about it at some point and we'll find out. <laughs> and say it's all elementary. It was all part of the big plan, right? Uh, no, it, it, it was the timing if... Uh, if not coincidental, was certainly serendipitous. Convenient. Uh, convenient. It was convenient for the articles to be sent the day after the last debate in Iowa before the caucuses, giving them all a chance to make their case before having to sit in silence under threat of imprisonment. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. Uh, all right. Uh, before we wrap up, um, Cory Booker, we hardly knew ye. Cory Booker seemed to always have this potential. Like, there was always this breakthrough. Talk a little bit about that, because I know that you're still in contact with your colleagues in Jersey uh, who, who cover the race. And it was just the, it was sort of fascinating. He just never got out of first gear. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you've ever been at a large event where Corey speaks, you can see people, like, getting on their feet and cheering. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you and I have been through enough speeches from politicians that there are some people, like, everybody's looking at their watch. Right. You know, the wealthy contributors are sort of going out to check their phone messages. Um, people don't leave the room when he's there. No. Um, and, in fact, he's a draw for party committees when they want to get people to buy tables at dinners 
I covered him in uh, June of 2018 in um, Virginia, in, in Richmond. And, you know, the state party dinner, which used to be the Jefferson Jackson dinner, is now called the Virginia dinner. I can't remember. They, they wanted Cory Booker because they said they sold more tickets with him as the speaker than Hillary Clinton or Obama. Those were the only people. Or, they, or Stonewall Jackson or Tom Jefferson, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, so he gets them um, fired up. And a lot of reporters I know, national reporters, kept thinking, you know, they'd see him talk to groups and people say, I'm going to go out and volunteer and I'm going to do this. And they thought Booker was timed, for, primed for to catch on, to, to start rising. And it did not happen. Um, who knows what calculus goes into this? If Bernie is sitting there saying, I don't think a woman can win because, you know, of what happened with Hillary, maybe there are Iowa voters or national Democrats who are saying, all right, I don't think we can win a black candidate against President Trump. I don't know what made him not catch on. I mean, certainly there are, there are memes that make fun of him as being, you know, not as, you know, substantial. Um, but, you know, He's not going away. He's a young man. Mm -hmm. He's going to be running for re-election for the Senate in New Jersey now in 2020. Who knows if he'll be on the ticket as a vice presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. We did watch Clinton's choice in 2016 mm -hmm. where, you know, it was down to between Booker and Kane. And there are a lot of Democrats who say if they had chosen Booker instead of Kane, it might have helped black turnout. And maybe Hillary would have been, you know, running for re-election this year. Um so I don't think he's going away. And, you know, but we've seen, look at Joe Biden. How many times did he run for president? Right. Uh, you know, people run for president a lot if your job is U.S. senator. Right. Well, Herb, thanks for uh, walking through some of this. I mean, it, it, it was, there was a lot to unpack in, in just a, you know, just a little over two hours. Uh, and now it's on to impeachment. Woohoo. Political Theater is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is owned by Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company.